Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. It's time for our weekly listener mail, where we, uh, where we share stories from you with you. Uh, and today we have, we have some... We have some really interesting stuff. We have some allegations of inside jobs. We have uh, the concept of astrology, which we get asked about pretty frequently. Uh, so we're diving into that today. And then also a, a little story that has always fascinated me and I, I think might fascinate you guys as well about cryptids and extinction. So maybe we maybe we go in that order. What do you, what do you say, you guys? Uh, we did an episode on GameStop. Uh, we uh, or it was more than GameStop, Wall Street bets involvement in what some would call a, a financial revolution or attempt at such. 
Uh, and this this sparked a lot of interest from our fellow listeners. Yeah, it did. Because I think it really, the whole GameStop thing just sort of pointed out something that we've all always kind of known that the system is really designed for like the power players, you know, the top folks that have the most to gain and potentially the most to lose, but they don't like to lose. So when you got the little guys kind of rigging the system against them, uh, they don't like that too much. And and there's uh, some potential for collusion and uh, just not playing very fair. Uh, but in this whole GameStop situation, it certainly led to the question of like, who has the most to gain from this? This whole idea of short squeezing and shorting stocks, with inherent, which inherently feels super divisive and, and controversial, the idea of betting on someone's failure. But hey, we're all big boys. We know what the stakes are. We get into business, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. And sometimes people can benefit from others' misfortune. Uh, it, it makes me a little squeamish, but it certainly is part of the game, whether you think it's icky or not. But we had specifically a listener uh, call in to one eight three three stdwytk You can do that, too, if you wish. Just let us know what to call you and that we can use your story and try to stick to that three minutes if you can. But uh, this one comes from our uh, longtime listener, Agent L. Hello, guys. It's Agent L here again. I uh, was thinking about the whole GameStop short squeeze attempt and how obvious it seems that the creators of this idea were really only looking to make profit on the stock that they owned. I mean, the concept that they would squeeze these short sellers seems pretty ludicrous to me because unless those short sellers were coming to the the end of their term where they would have to repay that borrowed stock, then the idea that GameStop would have increased to such soaring limits for long enough that it would really hurt these hedge funds seems, again, ludicrous. I don't know how long ago it was, and I don't know if this is something you guys could find out, how long ago it was that the hedge funds started using GameStop as a short selling option. But it seems to me that the only benefit to this entire short squeeze attempt was to the ones who planned it, orchestrated it, and brought in the feeling of general ill will towards the hedge funds and all of that Occupy Wall Street-esque feeling along with it. Interested to see what you guys think. Keep up the good work. Bye. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Agent L. Um, it's a, it's an interesting question, and I want to make sure and, and check with you with you guys, Matt and Ben, uh, that I'm understanding the question correctly because he's implying some level of an inside job, uh, but I'm not sure if he's implying that the executives at GameStop were the ones that were rigging the game. <laughs> no pun intended. Stop. Pun totally intended. Ha <laughs> ha. I won't, Ben. I can't. I couldn't possibly. Um, or that. I think what he's saying is that the people who were 
organ orchestrating the short squeeze within from from within this uh um wall street bets community were essentially just out to pump up the price of the stock that they already owned and they weren't necessarily couldn't possibly have predicted that it would do such egregious damage to the hedge funds that were so heavily invested in the shorting of the stock Ooh. is that what you guys took from that or am i misreading it somewhat so i would say yeah this is a great question agent l um we know that deep f-ing value, aka Keith Gill, his name is out there now. Uh, we know that he was intensely interested in GameStop uh, before this short selling run began. So that's why he was the person who had his, you know, ear to the financial ground and felt the tremors coming. But from what I understand, and this is uh, based on a lot of correspondence from our fellow listeners who have uh, rode into the show or contacted me directly, it feels like it feels like the beginning of it may have been organic, but there were opportunists who jumped on board, uh, maybe with different motivations or some sort of ulterior motive. Right? Uh, these folks are, you know, you'll see in the Wall Street bets forums, you'll see people saying like people would jump in during a GameStop conversation and say like, you know, the next GameStop is going to be this thing. And they're kind of like trying to move the crowd toward that thing that they obviously have already invested in. And then also, yeah, it's a great point, Noel, about the, um, the CEOs and the stock owners of GameStop who were able to profit from this, right? Depending on how their timing worked out. Uh, and it's also possible that like, of course, in professional investment bankers, people who work at hedge funds are very well aware of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It feels like, and maybe I'm being too extreme here, it feels like it would be somewhat naive to assume that they would not seize an opportunity if they thought such existed. And it's totally legal, by the way, the way they did it. If they did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Matt, I, I want to get your take, but I, I want to add too that, I mean, the history of this is that even a year before all this craziness went down, uh, a lot of the folks hanging out on Wall Street bets, they, they kind of were carrying a torch for GameStop mm-hmm. in an interesting way, saying that like they felt like it was undervalued because these hedge funds were already starting to bet against it, like, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, because they felt like they were putting too much emphasis on their brick and mortar, you know, situation and that gaming and game purchases is really migrating to a all digital realm or as a little snippet of a big box store that is diversified and sells other stuff. Whereas GameStop's whole deal is that they're these tiny little brick and mortar stores that only sell video games. Um, I guess you could argue that they, you know, it's the only place you can really trade games, but God, the value they give you on trade-ins is, is embarrassing. It's a business. I don't know. It is a business, but it's like, God, it's like you pay $65 for these games and they, you know, a pristine copy, they'll give you like 10 if that, and then they turn around and sell it for you know fifty. It's college um, bookstore rules, man. That's it is it college works. bookstore rules. No, you're not. You're, you're not wrong. But um, 
this guy, Ryan Cohen, um, kind of had the same idea where he was like back in the beginning of 2020, he was trying to convince the board. He invested a lot of money into the company in 2020, hoping to kind of push this, this digital first narrative onto the company and sort of suggest to them that, hey, you guys need to get with the times. Um, I'm going to invest in you to show that that we I still believe in you, but you got to kind of change your business model. Uh, he actually wrote this in an SEC filing. GameStop needs to evolve into a technology company that delights gamers and delivers exceptional digital experiences, not remain a video game retailer that over-prioritizes its brick-and-mortar footprint and stumbles around the online ecosystem. Ouch. Um, but, yeah, essentially, um, GameStop still has a bit, a relatively bright future, especially, I mean, obviously this was like a symbolic, massive groundswell that wasn't necessarily tied to any real performance metrics, which is what makes me question the whole stock market <laughs> and the idea of value or what is something actually worth. But there was a question I believe I asked on the uh, episode we did, Ben, where it's like, what are these, what does this inflated price mean for the company? And, and it, it does apparently mean that they could, that they're actually going to be able to pay off some debts and use some of that profit to invest in some of these new directions uh, that they might, you know, that might make them more um, viable, you know, in the in the, the world of the future or like the, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but Matt, what do you think about this? Do you think it's possible that there was some collusion outside of just the game stonk kind of meme stock, you know, internet Reddit people that were like trying to make a stand in that kind of occupy mindset way as protest? And then it just kind of ballooned out of control or is there something more maybe not nefarious, but more calculated at play. Well, I, I, I think there are always going to be people who are invested way more than any retail investor who have more to gain and lose, right, for, for anything that occurs like this. And we, mm -hmm. we talked about one person, Ryan Cohen, like you said. Yeah, at one point in January at the peak, his $75 million investment in GameStop, in GameStop stock was worth about $1.3 billion. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the peak of it. And, you know, look at other billionaires, um, Credit Acceptance Corp. There's a person, there's a person there, a man named Donald Foss, again, like went from 12.5 million investment in GameStop stock at the peak was around $1.5 billion worth. So, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you've got investors and stakes at that level, it all you always have to question well what else was going on here mm -hmm. but as always we're dealing in a weird realm where it's opinions it's um if you can get enough buzz going if you can get enough people to think positively or negatively you can completely change the fortunes of millions of other people so and technology out outpaced the typical you know stock market strategies like the mm -hmm. The amount of uh, nerd blood, sweat, and tears put into knowing the information first and acting on it quickly uh, is is astonishing. Like if if aliens came to this planet, they would probably be low key impressed with just yeah. how much time has been spent on that specifically. There would be other questions like, what is your weird coupon system? Why do people mm -hmm. die for it? Are you at all concerned about the future of water on your planet? But they would at least, I think, like nah. on the way back to the spaceship, they would go, you know, that 
that whole Wall Street thing is pretty nifty. They've got some, <laughs> they've got some toys, man. But uh, to your point, defense Ryan Cohen, uh, he did not do what you know is often crassly called a pump and dump. In fact, he's continuing to lead a revamp, and they just poached um, they just poached an Amazon executive, former mm-hmm. Amazon executive. Uh, so he is definitely. If he's definitely transparent about having a horse in the race, so I don't know if you could say he's conspiring. I feel like what we're with Agent L, and to your point about the billions of dollars, like what Agent L is touching on here is the idea that maybe folks from a hedge fund that was not like publicly in the fray as far as the the over short selling, uh, I feel like it is completely plausible that someone working there saw what was going down and calculated uh, some sort of opportunity. And then, of course, mm-hmm. yeah, if you already have GameStop stock, yeah, you love the stock. Everybody, invest. Yeah. Get that buzz. Put some stonk on it. Uh, no, and, and it's true. I mean, like like so many of these investors, these high-level investors, they have access to information that we don't have access to, whether it's through those Bloomberg terminals that cost like thousands of dollars to subscribe to and they give you like just the most up-to-date information. Or, I mean, you know, we say insider trading is illegal, you know, if you get caught, but I have, I have a hard time believing that that stuff doesn't happen like all the time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in casual little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more type moments, you know. Um, well, think about it this way. The, this, did we talk about George Sherman yet? The CEO of GameStop at the time? I don't this think we did. Great opportunity. Uh, like if we want to talk about an insider benefit that maybe there was no, you know, there's no connection to anything else. He over, you can only assume that over time. He was gifted stock, you know, as part of his compensation. He also maybe was doing his own investing. Who knows? But he owned 2.36 million shares of GameStop. The CEO owned 2.36 million shares. So that went from 45 million to 1.13 billion, just like that. Um, If, you know, if you own that much stock personally, you can imagine that you would want something like this to happen, mm-hmm. but uh, who's to say that you could ever make something like that happen? Well, that's a good, it, and also, God, what talk about a red flag, or I mean, you know, if he dumped that stock at its peak, I mean, as the CEO, he'd be run up the flagpole and crucified, you know, on the flagpole. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but I think you see where I'm coming from. And uh, the same with this, um, this in the angel investor, this like whatever, um, what's the word? Uh, activist investor, Cohen. Like, that's pretty cool. He could have sold. He, he was smart. He, he obviously wasn't a player in this. He just invested because he thought the company was undervalued and needed to move in a direction and was trying to use this money he had to influence maybe the board to move in that direction. But, you know, he, he could see that portfolio quadrupling, you know, septupling in value, and he didn't sell. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't know that. But I think he that's the implication. It. Yeah, that's the implication for sure. Um, so he obviously literally put his money where his mouth was. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. It's tricky because both of those individuals, like Cohen and Sherman, uh, they are both at the helm of GameStop. Sherman is still the CEO. And so you can make the argument, yeah, it gets kind of tricky when you are a high-level executive in a company that you, you know, own a bunch of stock in, like the, the rules around when and how you can sell that stock or divest yourself from it 
um, are, are can get a little complex. So if I were looking for more of an inside job, or if if the five of us, Doc, Noel, Matt, me, and you listening at home, if we were in charge of GameStop and we knew we could we could make a profit on this, right? Uh, but we also knew we needed to be legal. And the first thing I would look for is kind of a way to put it at a remove, you know, and maybe that's somebody else taking actions that were based on a conversation that we just casually had, right? Because a lot of times with conspiracies and a lot of times with financial conspiracies, the days of the shadowy, smoky back room are are over. It's, it's much, much more casual now. It's kind of like uh, we're both at the barbecue. How was your week? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. So do this now. Hurry. <laughs> um, I want to just bring something up towards the end of this, Noel, something maybe that you can look into later because I'm a little, I feel out of the loop with it. But there's a person named Bill Huang, H-W-A-N-G, and Archegos, Archegos. I think it's called Archegos. I don't know how to say it correctly. It's a uh, Greek word. Really interesting story coming out about the collapse of this private, like family owned or family investment fund. It's kind of like a hedge fund, but just very small. And it it doesn't require the same things from the SEC that some other big hedge fund requires. And there's a, some weird stuff going on there where the dude... This guy, Bill, like borrowed a ton of money from a bunch of different lenders and then put it all into this huge hedge fund, essentially. And then it just tanked. Um, and the guy also has a past with, um, I don't know if it was insider trading. I know he has a past of some weird stuff in his world. Um, anyway, it's, it's worth looking into. It's just breaking right now. Is it insider trading if you know some – this is a dumb question. I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. If you know something is going to happen that hasn't been fu fully announced, like maybe an acquisition of another company or a change in like trajectory or business strategy, and you know that – and you act on that. You don't know how it's going to affect the stock, but you know that's usually what affects stock is news items, like things like, oh, we didn't get this government contract, or you know, mm -hmm. oh, they're changing to pivoting to a different, you know, industry even or whatever. We went through this with a company that we were owned by uh, called Blue Cora that had an interesting uh, stock pump out of nowhere because of an announcement. If we had acted on that internally, that would have been insider trading, right? Yeah, that, I, I believe that would have been the case. Uh, so while we none, oh, what are we supposed to say? Let's treat like Wall Street bets. This is not financial advice. No. We just nope. like the stock, diamond hands, etc. Um, so insider trading, here's, here's maybe an example off the top of my head. Like we're, let's say we're uh, a defense contractor. We're Lockheed or something. And we know that uh, because we are high muckety mucks in this world and at this organization, we know that things are going to be a little rough, maybe not an existential crisis, but they're going to be a little rough because uh, we just lost the contract bidding process for the new um, foot slapping drone that, that is going to revolutionize people walking around barefoot, which is apparently a huge problem. 
in this example. Anyway, moving on, if we know that and we know it before it is announced and then we all go and dump our stocks suddenly, I think that's something the SEC will pay attention to. But keep in mind, you know, we can't be the only ones asking this question. How many cases does the SEC prosecute per year? The number is staggering. It's 50. That's it. Out of all financial transactions in the U.S., the SEC worries about, let's say, about 50 a year. They say, "Mm, these aren't kosher. What a lot of people don't understand is that the SEC is literally one person, and she (laughs) works really hard. And (laughs) She's basically an intern. Well, it's kind of like how the IRS is so... I would Backlogged. say by design, mm-hmm. understaffed. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about who benefits from an under-resourced SEC and an under-resourced IRS. It's not. It's probably not you, folks. Spoiler alert. As a matter of fact, part of that is um, the way that laws are written, policies are written. So when we talk about insider trading at GameStop, let's talk about insiders in the financial system overall. Because that's how it works, right? The old Carlin quote is a big club. You ain't in it yet. Yet. I hold out hope for everyone listening. Well, I have to make this stock joke uh, because it's too good and dad-like not to make. But you can call me the catcher in the rye because I'm Holden Caulfield. Get it? Holden. My stock's holding. Diamond hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to figure out if there was it. a stock called Caulfield. <laughs> You, <laughs> it sounds like the kind of like like a company that would make soup or something. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, okay. This is interesting stuff, and it's obviously we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg with this kind of thing. Uh, and, and it's and it's an iceberg that started kind of floating our way many years ago with the whole Occupy Wall Street thing, and like now we're actually seeing some activist, uh, hacktivist kind of behavior that's really affecting people's pocketbooks. And um, it'll be interesting to see. How, oh, we didn't even mention the fact. That, I'm sorry. There was a whole article I wanted to bring up is that the hedge fund that lost more than 50% of its value because of the GameStop stock you know, shorting situation, Melvin Capital is being sued by nine different retail investors who claimed that they um, initiated a conspiracy to limit trading. Uh, that caused these these uh, retail investors to lose money. Um, and that was because of their connection with uh, apps like Robinhood that all of a sudden, oh, sorry, you can't get GameStop anymore. So we'll see how that goes. That's sort of the latest news, but plenty more to come and plenty more listener mail to come after this quick message break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker 
retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. And we have returned. We're traveling internationally. Our next story today takes us to Australia, a.k.a. one of the places we've always wanted to visit. Write to your local representatives, Australians. Uh, tell them to ha- have our show go there. I don't know how the Australian government works. I don't know if they do that. But, you know, give it a shot. It's an email. Uh, here is a fantastic letter from Paul W., in Australia, you asked about something that has fascinated me for a long time, and I think a lot of our fellow listeners. Let's hit the letter first, and then let's get weird with it. I mean, super weird. Good day, fellas. That's Paul, not me. I'm not stereotyping here. My name is Paul, and I think your show is awesome. Your efforts are reflected by the quality of your podcast that I really enjoy, for which I thank you. So that kind of line, I don't know about you guys, but that kind of line always gets me like a little... A little cautious. Is there going to yeah, be like, a but? there's a but. There's a big one. <laughs> right. There might, there might be a but. There's always uh, a but. Well, not always, but. There isn't. This is a but free email. Uh, so, Paul, you said stuff they don't want you to know keeps me alert at work as a delivery driver, which offers me a little extra scratch since retiring from a long career in the Australian Army as a field medic. I live in Wollongong, and thank you for telling us how to pronounce that, uh, which is about 70 kilometers south of Sydney as the Thunderbird flies, and I love all things cryptid. I believe your listeners may be interested in the mystery that surrounds the Tasmanian tiger. I don't know if you can classify this critter as a cryptid because it was or is a real thing that officially went extinct in the 1930s. However, sightings of this creature have been recorded since the 30s up until recently in Tasmania and on the mainland of Australia. Something like 90% of Tasmania is dense, impenetrable bushland, so I believe labeling this carnivorous marsupial extinct may be a little presumptuous. Anyway, that's my opinion. Keep up the great work. P.S. Next time you see Jono, please tell him that I love my Quister hoodie. That's that's a little bit of an Easter egg there. Uh, 
for our awesome complaint department and the creator of Tech Stuff, who appears uh, uh, in his alter ego on another show we do called Ridiculous History. It's uh, true. Did not know he has hoodies, but that's awesome. I, I didn't know. I don't, I don't, do we even have hoodies? Are we able to print hoodies? Is this I a special arrangement? I think we for the can. Quister? Maybe he's just got that quiz pull. But, uh, but, Paul, this letter made my day uh, because of a couple of different factors. But I, I wanted to check, uh, Matt, Noel, with you guys first. Have you done much reading about the Tasmanian tiger in specific? Not since that, we talked about it on uh, one of the cryptid things that we did, Ben, that I can't recall. But we, we mentioned just how cool of a creature it was. So I'm excited to hear what you've learned. I just know the Tasmanian devil from Looney Tunes fame. What's the Tasmanian tiger look like? I don't recall this guy. I'm Googling him right now. Let's it looks see. more like a canine to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Or like a hyena almost. Yeah, it's like a dog with tiger stripes. Uh expanding at its hind quarters mm -hmm. hang on i just lost a little it. vaguely dingo like perhaps mm -hmm. yeah so there was a, a recent uh news piece that claimed it, it was earlier this year that claimed the tasmanian tiger had been sighted had been spotted in the wild uh this this claim which came around in i think february or so uh all can be attributed to a guy on YouTube named Neil Waters, who says that they had seen not just one thylacine, which would be the you know the name of a Tasmanian tiger when it has its uh, when it has its suit and tie on, but he said he saw an entire family. And he said he had footage here as well. As you know, we always want to look into the sources here. Neil Waters does have a thylacine in the race here because he is the president of something called the Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. So he very much believes they're out there, very much wants us to be aware of this. The story of the uh, Tasmanian tiger is, you know, it's pretty tragic uh, in no small part because the last one, you're right, Paul, did die in the 30s. His name was Benjamin. He died in a zoo, so he was in animal jail. And ever since then, more than 80 years since, people have consistently been reporting sightings of what they believe to be uh, Tasmanian tigers. And what's important about what Waters says is that he, he thought he also saw a juvenile, a baby, meaning that there was a breeding population. This Video went relatively viral. He said that he handed images of the thylacine over to an expert named Nick Mooney at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery. And surprise, surprise, not everybody agreed on what it was. Uh, we're going to give you another animal to check out in your browser of choice. And that is something called the Tasmanian patamelon, which I may be mispronouncing. Pat patamelon? Mm, let us know, Australians. So people are saying that this guy definitely did not see an animal long suspected to be extinct. And if you look up this, uh, if you look up the picture of this other creature, P-A-D-E-M-E-L-O-N, that's, it looks kind of like a quokka, I think they're called. If you look up this creature, that's what, that's what the skeptics are saying Waters actually saw. And if you guys see just an image of this, 
I think you would agree, it doesn't really look like a Tasmanian tiger, does it? No, not so much. Yeah, it's a little, little it's very cute, very Pixar, very Disney. Uh, it's, it's a little bottom heavy because it is still, you know, it's a marsupial. Um, so it has mm. to, it has to carry its young for a time. It's they, a, it looks like a kangaroo and a mouse, just like a kangaroo, <laughs> a mouseroo. Uh, I like mouseroo. Uh, it, yeah, it's the thing is, it's really, it's pretty small. It's only about 15 something, 15, 16 pounds. Uh, it's about a meter, meter and a half in, in length. Uh, I guess you could mistake it for a Tasmanian tiger, but to be fair, you could easily mistake just something moving in the bush for one of these uh, one of these supposedly extinct creatures, especially if you wanted to see one, if you wanted it to be true. The thing that gets me about this, even though people disagree with this specific claim, is not just the preponderance of alleged sightings, but it's the fact that animals can be lost and rediscovered. Like the good old example, the most famous example, the coelacanth, right? That guy was quote unquote extinct for what, millions of years while he was just living his happy, objectively kind of ugly life in a river. <laughs> yeah. Well, just different. The coelacanth is just different. Just different. You're right. We can't apply surface level assumptions right on multiple levels to this guy but the and the thylacine too is uh, it just looks adorable i'll be honest with you i it also looks so much like a canid of some sort that it could i i could imagine somebody seeing a dog maybe without optimal viewing conditions and thinking like being certain they had seen a tasmanian tiger I just want them to not be extinct. You know what I mean? I want them to be around. Uh, if you look at Tasmania itself, yes, it is it is possible that they're around. But I, I think in our in our last episode on this, when we talked about Tasmanian tigers earlier, we had all agreed they would they would count as a cryptid, right? Under coelacanth rules. For sure. This would be a this would be a cryptid. Right. I'm looking at that video now that Neil Waters, you were talking about, posted mm -hmm. uh, of these images he took. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm on the fence here. Whether it's a patamelon or a, a thylacine, which is, God, patamelon, thylacine. That's like, that's going to be a hook somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the new track by Hoot God. We're bringing <laughs> that character back. Uh, For so, sure. Yeah, I, I wondered... I don't know. Like, do you, so you're on the fence, Matt. No, what do you think? Is it possible, or is it wish? It doesn't feel like it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Every time we have these cryptid conversations, I mean, the last one we had, Matt, that you brought was about the really big dire wolf looking things that like dragged a cow over a guardrail, and and it always ends up being the the little detail of. Um, well, it was at night, there was distance, there's a shadow, you might have mistaken it for, you know, something else. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's what's happening here. Now, the, the big wolves dragging a, a deer, it was not a cow, it was a deer, over a guardrail, much more convincing than just, like, seeing a thing from a distance and saying, oh, that's definitely this, this animal. So, But that was uh, just a story. I know what it was, but it was this a guy story. Waters has some videos. He's got trail cameras. He's got images. I don't well, know. Where are they? Where are they at, man? Let me see them. He's posting them on YouTube mm. right now. Left. They're right. not there yet, though, are they? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. there, there is a there is another thing here that gets me. Um, as far as I know, uh, one of the most, I guess, uh, like the the simple low hanging fruit step in a search for a cryptid is kind of gross, but it's necessary. Find the poop. You know what I mean? Find find the habitat. Uh, find the scratching if there's some like behavior like that. Uh, and we did in a, in a previous episode, we did some like cocktail napkin math about Bigfoot. And we said, okay, the Australopithecus is extinct, but that's the, you know, the biggest primate we know of. Uh, what about the current largest primate, right? What, what kind of, we've been really into guts lately. What kind of poop do they make? Where do they make, how does it work? You know, how often does it happen? How much is there? How much do they have to eat? Looking for a physical animal, that seems like that would be uh, a trace they would inevitably have to leave. And to my knowledge, uh, that has not been found. Nobody's seen Tasmanian tiger poop, you know, the fresh baked kind uh, since 1936. So I, I think... I think it's possible, but I'm super biased because I want it to be true. And then also, even if it is true, if there is some relic population, as they would be called, uh, they they probably don't have the genetic diversity to continue as a species. If they exist, the odds are not great that they will have enough um, of a breeding population to beat a genetic bottleneck that would ultimately do them. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing is... Uh... For all of us with just a casual interest in this, when, you know, Waters or whoever else comes out with incontrovertible images or video or some kind of evidence of a Tasmanian tiger living right now, it will make the news because that is big news. It will it'll hit MSN or whatever you're checking every once in a while. And uh, and then we'll know for sure. One way or the other. Well, actually, if we don't have proof, then we won't know, and it'll always be a mystery. So maybe let's just keep it like that. <laughs> Are you saying the real Tasmanian tiger was the friends we made along the way? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating story. And, you know, it's a story that's not going to go away for the foreseeable future as long as there is dense wilderness in Tasmania. Uh, people candidly, people like me will hold out uh, hoping against hope uh, that we see the return of this fauna, especially in this time of a great mass extinction. We are living through an era of history in the most unpleasant way. But with that being said, if you uh, if you've seen a Tasmanian tiger, if you have a Tasmanian tiger, if you are a Tasmanian tiger, somehow able to operate a keyboard or a phone, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your experience. Um, although I don't think any of us speak Tiger, we will get Duolingo. We'll pick that stuff up uh, and then do well enough to understand you. Uh, ben, by the way, before we leave, I found a video on that YouTube uh, channel that we were talking about, Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. The title is Searching for Tazzy Tiger Poop. Ooh. Yeah. He All about it. that poop. Where's the poop, right? It's it. Where's the poop? There's a big turd on the thumbnail, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't right? Know. Does it have does it have little stink lines coming off of it and like little flies like animated? No. And then how do you tell like how do you how do you dissect that uh gosh. Okay. This is smell and taste. That's really the only 
Oh, well, <laughs> so I would do it, I guess. So that's, he's that's, got experience in these matters, Matthew. Yeah. So uh, that uh, that search continues. Please uh, let us know your experience. Please let us know your opinion on not just that, but any other cryptids in your neck of the global woods. We'll return to this story in the future. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll return with one more story from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. And we are back. Now, we are going to hear another voicemail from one of you, and it's covering a topic that has been... I want to say this nicely. It's been consuming my wife a little bit, and I I'm have a growing interest in this now because of her interest, and I can't wait to talk about it. So uh, let's jump to the voicemail from Stephanie. Hey, guys. This is Stephanie from California. Uh, idea for a topic just popped into my head, and I'm sure you guys have gotten another request for it. I'm fairly certain it hasn't been covered in the backlog. And the topic is astrology. My dad, when I was younger, 
his best friend and like business partner for his uh, construction and painting company used to print out astrology charts and they did astrology like hardcore. I mean, like I remember he had like binders and binders of these astrology charts and my mom and him both kind of believed in this stuff and they would talk about how it was like affecting the planet and like, I don't know, something was going on and like with the planet, they'd be like, oh, like it's affecting the earth and X, Y, and Z, like kind of in the sense of affecting people's feelings and emotions. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that, but I kind of kept myself a little bit more removed from it. But anyway, I I don't even know where he got the charts, but I know there has to be more people that do stuff like tracking it. I don't know how common it is. But anyway, and I, I guess that might tie into with, like, astrological signs and how that felt changed. I mean, I remember reading an article NASA sent out that was, like, everything's been moved a lot, and, yes, it still doesn't actually affect you at all. So I don't, I, I remember when that article was written because it kind of cracked me up. So anyway, I want to throw that idea out there. I really love listening to you guys. Um, I've called in before, and I apologize. This is, like, my second call to you guys this weekend. But I thought this was a uh, would be a really cool topic to hear about because, I don't even really understand why my dad did it besides having a belief system like that. So uh, I'd love to hear more about it. If you guys ever get a chance to do the topic, uh, looking forward to your next episode. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was really great. What a nice send off there right at the end. Um, so thank you, Stephanie, for, for sending us that voicemail for, you know, getting us to talk about this, this topic, astrology and horoscopes and what's going on in the stars. And can that have any effect on us little humans way down here? The, the bacteria on this rock just scooting around. Well, maybe a lot of, a lot of people believe that there's some kind of connection between the stars and humans and life itself on the earth. Science is a little more skeptical about it, as you could probably imagine, but it's something that we can talk about. And I figured, why not start at the place where most people learn about astrology for the first time? And for me, that was through horoscopes. I wonder if uh, that was the same experience you had, Ben. Uh, yes, but not Western horoscopes. Uh, mm. I had a... Um my introduction to the concept came from Chinese astrology and horoscopes, which oh, cool. is a different system. And then I, I used to have, um, <laughs> I shared this with you back in, back in the day. Remember when I, I had that program that would calculate your Mayan astrological sign? Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. your Mayan horoscope. I, that was really, that was really fascinating to me, at least because in that belief system, it's much less like kid gloves, believe in yourself than a lot of other astrological systems uh, because there were um, in some Mesoamerican cultures, you know, there's no belief in accident, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to conflate the Aztec and the Maya, but there was a, um, there was this um, idea that if you, for instance, were out on a hunting trip and you accidentally killed one of your colleagues or injured them, you would be punished as though you had planned to do so and did it on purpose. And when you read the Mayan horoscopes, 
it is possible simply to be born on a cursed day. And you will get, instead of something like, oh, you're incredibly special because sometimes you want to do things and you do them. And sometimes (laughs) you want to do things and you don't. Watch out for red shoes or something like that. (laughs) The, The other horoscopes are just like, the person born on this day is unlucky and has committed sins uh, in the past, and therefore they're here for punishment, things like that. Uh, Anything they do is cannot redeem this. Wow, yeah. that's intense. Um, I, was, I was giving a spotlight for any video viewers that can see this on my Mayan calendar back there, just because I thought it was funny. Oh, yes. Um, ben, I wanna, I'm going to read you a Leo horoscope for, <laughs> for right now, for today. As we're recording this. Oh, so this is this is for all of us then, because in the Western system, all three of us uh, are considered Leos, I believe. That's correct. The current version. There is a 13th astrological sign, or there was. Weird story. We're going to get to that. Right. Um, so here it is. You ready? For all you Leos out there, including us, March 30th, 2021, according to horoscope.com. Money that you may have been hoping to use to better your living or working condition could suddenly come your way today, Leo. Ideas for how to put it to work in the most efficient, satisfying way could pop into your mind quickly. You'll probably want to write them down. Consider your options carefully and then choose the ones that suit your needs best. Go to it. So you could make some money today that you've been trying to get and you could have an idea about how to use it. But you should write it down. And don't congratulations. Delay. Hey, congratulations to you, bro. Nice. <laughs> that um this is so this is an example. I don't know, I think I may have talked about this before, but I uh, I used to have a gig uh freelancing where I wrote horoscopes for a, a very small paper. And uh you know, I did not I did due diligence, right? They just mm-hmm. wanted reports on what are called the sun signs. And you mm-hmm. get 12 per issue. And, you know, I would do little things like theme, have Halloween-themed horoscopes, things like that. They're very fun to write. Um, but got a, I got a lot of correspondence that really surprised me when people were saying things like, you know, thank goodness I read this. Uh, it was incredibly helpful in one way or another. And there we go into the nature of, the, of belief. Because if you believe something works and you're not harming yourself and you're not harming other people, then full power to you, you know? Um, Stephanie, I, I know we're taking a second to get to your questions. Yeah, sorry about that. You no, know, but we're, we're fascinated by this. We have been by, uh, fascinated by these systems, Western and non-Western, for a long time. I have a, I have a theory, Matt, Noel, uh, Doc, that I think could just possibly, many asterisks, possibly uh, explain uh, the mechanism through which the stars and the heavens and the movements of the planets could maybe affect the human mind. And I tried to be really rational about it, and I tried to, you know, be open-minded. So first, we don't really understand how gravity works. We know what it does, but that's it. Um, We don't understand a whole lot about gravity. We also don't understand a ton about the human brain in certain aspects. And we don't understand a ton about uh, the development of a human in in the embryonic stage, right? We still have 
questions regarding things like um, the how, nature of consciousness. The nature of consciousness. Perfect. Yes. How does consciousness form? When? When? Why? To what degree? And then also, we—I mean, we don't even really know what will happen if a child is conceived and birthed in space. They're, they're evolved. What I'm saying, they're evolved for a very specific gravitational environment, and we know that the actions or the movements of non-terrestrial objects can, to a degree, affect, have a gravitational effect on this planet and all the things living on it. So is it, I know we're walking a very like tapering branch. This is great, Ben. The tapering branch is is exactly where we need to be because I've got something to share with you. Awesome. I don't think you've, I don't think you've heard this yet. Okay. Well, just sew it up real quick. Is it possible? Like if the moon can affect tides, right? That is a given, that is proven. Is it possible that massive objects can exert some kind of uh, very small gravitational effect on the planet? And then is it possible that that gravitational effect could somehow influence uh, formative stages of the human brain in what we would later call, you know, personality or consciousness i have no proof of this this is this was like literally me several years ago probably like two beers deep thinking about five maybe maybe by the time i got to like oh what if maybe it was five who knows but um (laughs) but yeah so that's that's how i tried to explain some of this uh stuff to myself we know that we know that um tons of people use astrological services now you can get them in the forms of apps, uh, but also may print out these charts in an attempt to get a better understanding of themselves, their loved mm-hmm. ones, um, the, an idea of when they should do something or what they should do. Uh, we, we know that a lot of world leaders have been influenced by this. The military junta of Myanmar relocated their capital some years back uh, on the advice of an astrologer. And Ronald Reagan had an astrologer. It's it, people from all walks of life is what I'm saying believe in and practice this. That's correct. And I want you to hear this, Ben, and everyone listening. We had a question in there or a comment in there from Stephanie about kind of predictions. One of the reasons that you would have charts and everything to kind of get a sense of what may be coming. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, astrology.com, we went to horoscope.com. Now we're at astrology.com. They posted in December of 2020, December 31st, 2020, an article called 2021 Astrology Predictions Welcome to the Age of Light Speed Change. Okay, you can find this. It's by a person named Gray, G-R-A-Y Crawford. In this, I, there's one thing that I'm going to point to, and it doesn't mean that the whole thing is correct, but this one thing is pretty astounding. Hmm. I'm going to read you part of the first paragraph, and then I'm going to jump down. The year 2021 enters with the propulsive force of a new era announcing itself as the immense impact of the great conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius ripples outward. While we had to grieve the end of an old era in 2020 while enduring difficult birth contractions collectively, the astrology of 2021 will require continuously adapting to the far-reaching changes that will be erupting across all aspects of society. The closeness of Jupiter and Saturn in the sky at the beginning of the year will serve as a guiding star of hope for creating the reforms and innovative solutions needed to address the numerous societal issues and inequities that have been exposed during the past year of the global pandemic. Now I'm jumping down 
a few paragraphs here. Mm. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. January begins with a big bang as Mars will enter Taurus on January 6th and spend the rest of the month amplifying the volatile tensions brewing between Jupiter, Saturn, and Uranus. There will... <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm just laughing because it was, I, I was delighted when you were like, we're not going to straight up say anus on the show I, today. <laughs> I know, I know. I had to... <laughs> Uh, but, January likely, but January 6th, what happened on January 6th, Ben? Well, the uh, U.S. Capitol was stormed for the first time in a long, long time. And uh, it was thoroughly stormed, right? And yeah, and just conceptually, Mars entering Taurus. I don't know. There, something about that. Uh, that's crazy to me. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So, so the idea then is to what degree can astrological practices predict real world events on a macro or micro scale? People definitely do believe um, this and there, there are numerous historical examples, right? The thing about astrology is um, whether you consider yourself more skeptical, whether you consider yourself a true believer, you can easily admit that multiple cultures across the world and across time independently either invented this or discovered this, invented or discovered some version thereof. And the, your verb choice there depends on your personal beliefs, I would, I would argue. Um, yeah, that is a coincidence. That's a... One. Is there such thing as coincidence, bro? <laughs> That's <laughs> like part of the conspiracy mantra, the conspiracy realism. Like, it's weird to me that we can, that my brain cognitively can have this belief that there really is no coincidence. Like it's tough to really get a good coincidence um, that didn't have some kind of guiding hand way in the background even, or just, you know, immediately in the front of whatever action occurred. Um, but I, I have that belief, mm -hmm. but then also this astrology and prediction in this way using the stars or charts feels like hogwash to me it that's my personal opinion it feels like uh pseudoscience to me mm -hmm. and the you know the vast majority of scientists and researchers and educated individuals out there at those upper echelons would probably agree with that um especially those at nasa <laughs> you talk to the people who deal with space a lot mm -hmm. um and they put out Oh, there's a time article that you can read, uh, and it is NASA has no time for your astrology nonsense. That's the time Ooh. article that you can read. Yeah, pretty. Whew, yeah, that's actually there's, from NASA. Uh, that is from time. Oh, OK. No, OK. Now I understand. Yeah. It's not a quote from NASA. Yeah. <laughs> they they um, didn't put out that uh, press release. All right. No, they did not. They just say could they they let everyone down pretty gently. There are other great places you can go to that say the same kind of thing there's a website uh with berkeley the college of berkeley uh it's, the website is understanding science let's see i think it's undsci.berkeley.edu they've got a really great little snapshot on their website where it just talks to you about well you know is astrology is, is it scientific or not it's almost like it looks like a workbook that you would find you know, in grade school or something, but it's pretty great because it just gives you these bullet points of like, well, here's why a lot of people 
don't think it's scientific. Here's why a lot of people believe in it. I really, really appreciate what they did there. Was there, is there any particular point there that really swayed you away from, away from or toward your hogwash position? Um, it's more in that it's, it's impossible right now, at least to the best of our understanding, it's impossible to test mm. things it's in astrology. Possible, but it's illegal. There are a couple ways to do it, but there would be human experimentation, right? Okay. Longitudinal study. Um, oh, sure. Get sure. Get people from the same genetic background, make all the variables except for birth time and location as, uh, as close to uniform as you can. Yeah. And then somehow, in, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a supervillain, somehow ensure that children are born at this exact schedule so that you can shift the variable. This is, no, we shouldn't do this. This is not, <laughs> Let's not do this. Let's this not do is this. not, not a good look. I don't think that's the right step, but, but yeah, this it's true. There's, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Human beings um, often are so good at making patterns. Funny story, folks. And we were just talking about this earlier this morning. Uh, so good at, at recognizing patterns because it's an evolu- it was an evolutionary necessity before humans became the apex predator. Uh, this stays with every human being. Uh, you are a pattern analyzing master. And it's easy sometimes, dangerously easy, for people to create a pattern in their head while they're they're searching to discover one uh, this oh, yeah. doesn't mean that um people are practicing astrology in some cynical way or bad faith i think all of us in the audience know at least at least a few people who are very well read in one of these systems or another and very much believe it um and i would say out of context this will sound weird but in defense of astrology uh, Matt, I propose that it functions as a, at times profound tool for psychological inventory. You know what I mean? You're learning oh. about how you react to this information and that's valuable. Yeah. And it's exactly. And at least in the Western style of things like horoscopes and checking your charts and things on some of those apps you mentioned, it seems to have a profound positive effect on the individual because it's almost always encouraging. Um, right. yes. at least what, at least what I've encountered. So, so again, like if you can use it in that way, even if you don't necessarily believe that it has an actual one-to-one relationship with what's going to occur in your life, if you can use it in a way to enhance your life, then geez, that's, that's amazing. And I'm also not poo-pooing astrology. I'm telling you what I believe just currently, like, I hope mm-hmm. everybody understands that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. but you know, if you are, if you're really into it and you're interested and you want to learn more, there's a place you can go online called astrologyuniversity.com and you can get a degree. There are programs of study there. There are, um, there are all kinds. Yeah, I, I don't know how much it costs. It may be really expensive. I have no idea. I'm not promoting them, but you can go there and you can do a four-year training program if you want and, you know, be the best astrologer you can. I, I think that's I think that's a cool thing. I, I I don't know about you all, but I always enjoy it uh when my when my friends get super into a niche thing and have ec- expertise over that. You know, it's such an amazing thing to learn about people. 
you know, once uh, once we're on the other side of this particular pandemic, before the next pandemic comes, we're going to have so many great conversations with people who have picked up some like really weird knowledge in their time in quarantine. And then say, hey, how is how are you or how's it going is such a loaded question nowadays. But imagine how cool it's going to be when you can ask one of your friends. So, hey, what did I haven't seen you for over a year? Uh, what'd you get into? And like, Well, you know, I was um, putting together a model train for my kid on Christmas. People still do that. And uh, and now I know everything about trains in the 1800s. Oh. Everything. Ask me anything. Track gauge, <laughs> what yeah. the dangers of steam. Uh, yeah. And well, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm a Reiki master now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And by the way, if anyone knows anything about Reiki, I'm super interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to talk with somebody. Just reach out. I'd love to know. Just can you actually do it through this? Like, could can you Reiki energy through a camera into somebody's body and then back to the camera the way you can uh the way you can send vibes if you're a televangelist yeah like can you do that <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not saying you can or can't i'm just interested uh anyway same thing with with a lot of these a lot of the things that are occurring in this new always online kind of environment can you transfer something electronically in that way sigils astrology reiki well, I guess astrology is different because you're you're encountering the information in a mundane way. You're reading it, right? And it's proven that people can read. Uh, what what would another one be? It could acupuncture wouldn't work. You have to be physically there. Yeah, hypnosis maybe. Could you hypnotize people? That's completely different. I, I think that's a little too different. Yeah. Uh, does the low quality mono audio of a Zoom call like this does it allow for hypnosis? I don't know. Is this probably an option somewhere in preferences where you can check <laughs> enable hypnosis? Uh, preferences on these things are crazy. But <laughs> but yeah, to your point, Stephanie, people do, like I, I personally know some people who create astrological charts and they're very by the book. They're very in depth. They're the kind of people who will get a little annoyed if you if they say, hey, I want to do your astrological chart. And you say, all right. Uh, I was born sometime in August, such and such. And uh, they'll say, that's not enough. I need the exact time. I need the hospitals or, you know, the coordinates, the latitude and longitude. And then if you make the mistake of saying, well, what does that matter? Then the answer you'll get is it all matters. And the reason that people, some people are much more skeptical about astrology is because simply put, uh, the belief is they're doing it wrong. Mm. I, you know, I don't know. The issue is, if I'm assuming the skeptical side, the issue is here that if if this understanding were sound, reproducible, and everybody agreed this was so, then it would be the kind of technology that would always be used by corporations and governments and um, various other institutions, right? Like banks would time stuff based on what they were able to divine from the stars. Maybe they are, and maybe we just don't know. I mean, we gave two examples of governments and government figures that did uh, consider astrology when making policy decisions, but that doesn't seem to be the case for everybody. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe there's a (sighs) secret cabal of astrologers. They're the real power in the world. I don't don't know, man. 
So we, hey, we started this segment with a horoscope for Leos, right? From horoscope.com. I'm going to end with a sentence from the astrology.com horoscope for March 30th, 2021 for Leos. You ready? I think it is specifically aimed at us. An electric opposition with Uranus brings forth downloads at lightning speed, Leo. Wild. Yeah. Oh, also, the one thing a lot of people probably waiting for us to bring up, why don't, uh, why, why are so many astral uh, horoscopes, why are so many horoscopes from one source or another so very different on a given day? You know what I mean? It's a fair question to ask. I, I really thought the opposition of Uranus bringing forth downloads was going to make you laugh, Ben. And I'm sorry. It didn't. No, I took it seriously. <laughs> I tried not to. I tried not to constantly crack up at this. I I uh, do have to ask, Matt. And I, I apologize. If this is a dumb question. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> it's going to bring forth downloads, baby, at lightning speed. And there's an opposition with Uranus. So. I don't know. Something to do with that. So, and it's electric too. So, oh, I had, I did have some Wi Fi problems when last we recorded. Is that it? Is that, are the stars speaking to us about fixing our Wi Fi? I don't know, dude. Just tune into your intuition, especially while today's moon sails through your astral fourth house of roots, innermost feelings, and emotional awareness. So, you know, that speaks to me. I, I felt, uh, I got to tell you, I was looking up some, uh, uh, some horoscopes just to see differences between the ones from March 30th as we record this. And I know everybody's saying, uh, it's so Leo of you guys to just do Leo horoscopes. Read mine, you know, read Aquarius, read Taurus, et cetera. Um, there was one that made me nervous because it was like, this might sound like something to laugh about, but be extra cautious around your boss today. Really? Which I never want to hear. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> you know what it says at the, as the daily bonus for us, Ben? Mm. Money changes everything especially when you don't have it. Watch your cash. <laughs> so, okay, another financial thing. So maybe maybe there's a, um, well, certainly there's a matter of people uh, doing these readings, drawing these charts, and then putting it in their own kind of framework or their own sort of presentational style. Uh, so the argument would be that, it would, the argument would be that skeptics are objecting to interpretation, not sure. to the factual basis. But again, I think it's cool. You're not you're not hurting people. Uh, do do be aware though that um, the story Matt and I mentioned earlier about a thirteenth astrological sign in the West is very much true. So this system did change right over time. It did. Well, hey, uh, we've gone way too long, Ben. We got to end it right here. Oh, good lord! In this episode, the pollen in Atlanta right now has just covered everything. My God. Uh, and it is hitting me really hard today. I'm so sorry. I can feel my nose running. It's disgusting. Wait, wait a second. We've got something here from Doc Holliday. Mm -hmm. uh, Doc says, I was telling you else so bad. Doc says, I don't really believe in these. But let me get my Libra horoscope after the episode. What do you say, man? No, no, we got to do, do right it right now. Air? Yep. All right. Let's go. Uh, do you want to go? to horoscopes.com or what go, go to one i'm gonna go to astrology.com i'm gonna oh type boy. in best horoscopes <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where that takes us all right i'm gonna i'm gonna start here you ready mm -hmm. doc as a libra you're cosmically guided by the bond building planet venus 
Today's skies see Venus in a well-supported alignment with stable Saturn, helping you ground down and explore realistic opportunities for connection on the romantic front. It's an ideal day to bring people on board with your creative personal projects or to have a serious conversation about a relationship's future as an air of commitment and follow-through is present. Oh, that's a nice one. I like that. Uh, I am over at something called astrotalk.com let's see what they have to say oh no wait no let's go to a better one this is whoa this is weird okay whoa 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 at the end of this one it's talking about again opposition to electric electric uranus in your erotic eighth house this is i don't understand some of these dude uranus is blowing up these days huh <laughs> uh, all right as as you said matt horoscope.com uh this horoscope says Doc Holiday, that's weird. They have your name in here. Mm. Doc Holiday, information received today excites your imagination and encourages you to start a new artistic or creative project. Stories, pictures, abstract concepts, all could come together in your mind and form an inspired idea that could change your life. So gird your loins, write down your thoughts, and see where it all takes you. You might be surprised by what you produce. Mm. Amazing. Interesting. Uh, here's the last part for mine, just to tack on to Ben's, because I think it's perfect. It says, Dear Libra, your effort is much appreciated in your line of work. It's time for you to fully appreciate what you have to bring to the table, too. We couldn't heck, agree more. Heck yeah. What a, what a great place to end. Uh, this, we ended on a positive note. Uh, thank you, as always, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, that's our show for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you take a page from your fellow listeners, Stephanie, Paul, Agent L, and everybody else who has written in, who has called us, who has reached out to us as a show or directly, uh, as always. Uh, we cannot wait to hear from you. We try to be very easy to find online. That's right. You can reach us on all the usual social media locations of note. We've got the Facebook. We've got the Twitter where we're conspiracy stuff. Uh, we're conspiracy stuff show on Instagram. And if you're not that kind of social person and you want to use your phone, you know, the, the voice part of it where you can talk to people, you can talk to us. You can leave us a voicemail. We have a number. It's one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Leave a message. You got three minutes. At the very top, please tell us your name or what you'd like for us to call you. That's very helpful there. Let us know if we can use your voice on the air. We would love to if we can. And then leave us a message. Afterwards, you know, you've you've got the most important things out of the way there. You can then give us a personal message. You can put it right at the end there. Hey, and if you've got a lot to say, remember, you can always fit more stuff in an email. And we've got one of those addresses. Uh, you can send us longer messages to our email address. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.